Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You are afraid of something. What is it that scares you? Death? Embarrassment? Financial insecurity? The dark? The unknown? A slandered reputation? Political uncertainty? Those shepherds that we just heard about in Luke 2 had fears as well. And they had plenty to be afraid of. A lion or a wolf who could eat their sheep. Perhaps even a bear. They knew how precarious their political situation was. Living under the occupying Roman forces, zealots and rumors of uprising abounded. And shepherds aren't generally known for all their wealth. Perhaps they were afraid they might not get their next meal. But then, all of those fears suddenly were gone. They were instantly replaced by a greater fear. Without warning, a heavenly messenger stood before them, and they were blinded by God's own glory, and they were afraid. No more thoughts of dinner tables or ravenous beasts or political unpredictability. All those fears vanished in an instant. All their fears are reduced to one. This fear, it seems, happens when people suddenly find themselves face to face with God's glory. When Isaiah had a vision of heaven, he saw the Lord seated on his throne, surrounded by seraphim. He cried out in fright, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. 
We heard this past Sunday how the Israelites insisted that Moses go up on the mountain to talk to God for them. They were too afraid to hear the voice of God shake the mountain. And yet, when Moses came back to the people, his face shone from having been in God's presence. Even the reflected glory in Moses' face was too much, so he covered it with a veil until it subsided. And when St. Peter realized that Jesus had caused the miracle of a great catch of fish, he fell to his knees crying out, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Now, though this fear seems to render all other fears obsolete, it's not unrelated to those common fears. Each betrayal, every sickness, and all fears are merely, are merely symptoms of the great disease, the disease of sin. The sin we have inherited from our father Adam has brought us this present darkness. It's sin's fault that money and food become scarce, that wars kill and marriages fail, that pandemics exist and families fall apart, that we fear even the natural elements of our world. Sin has brought us death and destruction, and we fear them too. And so all these fears point us back to the big fear that God is displeased with us because of our sin, that we have willfully harmed our neighbor by our wicked thoughts, our careless words, and our apathy to their cries for help. This is the fear of a sinner who has been struck by the purity of the Lord's holiness. It's the fear that you are unworthy to stand before God or to be in the presence of those who are. Suddenly confronted with all your sins, you know you are condemned by God's holy law, and you deserve only his wrath and punishment. Simply by viewing a hint of God's holiness, you are undone. There was no need for the angel to speak God's law to the shepherds. Simply a glimpse of God's holiness reflected in the face of this heavenly messenger and the shepherds understand. And they are in complete terror. But this angel does not come to the shepherds to frighten them. He comes with good news for all. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. God has become man. See how joyous this angel is to declare this news? And the holy army of angels cannot help but sing of this great gospel. The entire heavenly host has shown up to replace the shepherd's fear with joy. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill to men, they sing. This is good news. 
great news even. God has sent his only son into our world to redeem all men. But why are the angels so happy? God didn't become an angel. He became man. And yet the angels rejoice. The angels are God's messengers, and they always rejoice to do his will. What pleases God pleases them. So that on this day, as they make this announcement, they rejoice because God has done his work of sending his Son into the world. They rejoice because now the earth will praise the Lord. They rejoice because the peace on earth that Jesus brings is the greatest kind of peace. Peace between God and man. Man's biggest fears replaced with peace. Though there are still fears and wars in this world, though we do not yet see the completion of God's peace, we know that it will be completed in Christ's return. And God's new creation will live forever in, etern in eternal peace. The angels rejoice because God has proclaimed goodwill to men. God wants to be gracious to men, but he cannot be gracious when there is sin. So God, in his goodwill, removes our sin by the blood of Jesus, and he forgives us. The hymn writer Paul Gerhardt captures this beautifully. If our blessed Lord and maker hated men, would he then be of flesh partaker? If he in our woe delighted, would he bear all the care of our race benighted? God does not hate sinners. He loves them. And he does everything necessary to save them from their sin and to restore the holiness that they had lost. It's why God takes upon himself human flesh. God became man to remain man forever. He feels our pain. He faces our fears. He conquers our sin and our death. The baby in the manger means God loves you. The man who is God crucified on the cross means that God loves you. It pleases God to do this work. It pleases him to be born. It pleases him to die for our sins. And all the angels rejoice to sing of our Lord's triumph. Your biggest fear has turned to peace. And if your biggest fear, the fear that frightens away all the other fears, if your biggest fear is relieved, then there is nothing left of which to be afraid. Then you have not fear, but joy. Tonight we rejoice in his word. Tonight we are glad that he has wiped away our fears. God has been born our brother to save us from our sins. Here, the conqueror has spoken. 
Now the foe, sin and woe, death and hell are broken. God is man, man to deliver. And the Son now is one with our blood forever. But our Lord still has more gifts to give. And he'll be here tomorrow morning and every Sunday giving out his gifts. Our God joins himself to us physically. He is not a socially distant God, afraid of whatever harm or disease we might give him. He actually came precisely for this purpose, to live among us, to bear our sin, to die our death, to give us his own life. This truth about our God goes all the way back to the creation. God didn't create a virtual or ethereal world. He created a world of flesh and blood and dirt. God became man, was born of Mary, nursed at her breast, walked and ate and sat with people. He physically died and physically rose and physically ascended into heaven. This is your God in the flesh. It pleases God to do this work. It pleases God to send his son to suffer and die and rise for you. So he sends out the whole heavenly angel host to join their song to ours as we sing, glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. The shepherds, were dispelled of their fear, and at the angel's voice they rushed to see this sign which the Lord had made known to them. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. There these poor shepherds, formerly afraid, now knelt and beheld God face to face. God has a human face. There is no video chat or Zoom call for this God. He comes to you in the flesh. Now man lives because he looks upon the face of God. Softly from his lowly manger, Jesus calls one and all. You are safe from danger. Children, from the sins that grieve you, you are freed. All you need, I will surely give you. Come then, banish all your sadness, one and all, great and small, come with songs of gladness. We shall live with him forever, there on high in that joy, which will vanish never. Rejoice in this, dear Christian. Your God sets his face toward you in blessing. And that, dear Christian, is why we gather for worship. The physical nature of what our God has done results in our physically gathering together. What takes place here is more essential than anything in all the world, even more important than grocery stores and hospitals. When fear is overflowing, when death is raging, we come to the one who removes our death. When the world is wrapped in fear, he will shield us with his mercy. 
and with words of love draw near. Your God has drawn near to you. Come, let us go and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Merry Christmas. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. The peace of God keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.